This show is sponsored by Alicia's Pillows and Things. Check out the Facebook page, Alicia's Pillows and Things, where you will find home decor you will not be able to resist at prices anybody can afford. Check out the pillows and stools of your favorite sports teams. Maybe you want a set of your kid's favorite cartoon or movie character. You can also get full body and neck pillows as well. Log on to NGSCSports.com and go to the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage to complete your order. It makes a great gift for Christmas at an affordable price. NGSC Sports. We never stop. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Is your neck okay, sir? Oh, I'm, I'll make it. Okay, that's you're, you're gonna soldier right along as we start episode 265 of the Foreign Affair podcast. Um, it's a big, big week. June is always a big month for stuff, um, but we'll definitely be going through all that. Um, of course, uh, oh, I, I guess I should start with saying my name is Edward Green. As always, I am joined by my call in crime, Wes Bradshaw. Um, for today's episode of the Foreign Affair Podcast. Um, as always, we're presented by NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop. Um, also, Alicia's Pillows and Things. Um, if you... Oh, man, I didn't, I didn't plan this one at all. Shit. Um, if you... Um, I tell you what. Hey. Um, you like Portugal? Yeah, Portu- Portugal. If you guys uh, are psyched about winning your nation's league semifinal and are and you know you got the home uh, home crowd advantage for that final this weekend, hey hey, what better way to celebrate this final's appearance than by hitting up Alicia's pills and things and seeing if maybe she can get you a custom designed Portugal uh, pillow or ottoman? That would be oh, très magnifique. As the kids would say, um, so go check that out. Yeah, they all say that you're right. Yeah, absolutely, they do. I'm, I'm hip. Hello, fellow kids. Uh, so go check out Alicia's Pillows and Things on Facebook, her great Facebook page there, where you can check out some of her great deals on NGSC Sports. Uh, and finally, um, if you have Roku TV, um, you know you can check out the Ultimate Sports Channel. For free sports programming, uh, just get on the Roku TV and search Ultimate Sports Channel for that. Uh, if you don't have it, you can visit Roku.com to get uh, a device that is ca- uh, compatible with your television. Um, but you can also find more about the Ultimate Sports Channel at their website, ESGSportsGroup.com. You can also find them on, on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Pinterest via Nasha Sports. And on YouTube, uh, they are led by their creator, Mark Heatherman. So go check out 
all the goodness there from the Ultimate Sports Channel. Um, yeah, we had the Ultimate Sports Weekend this past weekend. Uh, we will be doing a, uh, I was going to say quick review, and it won't be that quick, of uh, the Champions League final from this past weekend. Uh, we will be doing, as mentioned earlier, a Nations League update. Uh, the semifinals took place today, aka Wednesday, as well as the second one will be tomorrow. And then the finals will be on Sunday. Uh, we also have a very quick, actually quick, uh, Women's World Cup update. That starts this Friday as well. So another big month of soccer coming up here. We'll, of course, hit the news and notes. We'll do a little watch for, and then maybe we'll get a little So Elite Raw tonight. I don't know. Oh, uh, well, we should have a little something. Ah, excellent. So we'll be very excited to cap off the pod with that. But first, as we, a, we, might, we might even give you guys a little uh, Super Regional preview as well. Ooh, ooh, fantastic. I, I know you were uh, you were posting that on the Facebook. You had the, the videos coming out of there. So. Oh, I was in the house. I do also know, I also know there is one very angry person on Twitter um, who is very upset at, at the NCAA uh, that the Louisville pitcher was suspended for four games. He's he's very angry. He's a very angry that, man. That person is not me. So. No, it's true. Um, this, I'm very happy. <laughs> don't worry, this person is probably suffering from PTSD. It's, it's actually fine. Um, speaking of PTSD, let's head to the Wanda Metropolitano. Uh, for the final of the Champions League final. Now, which, which, okay, folks, just to reset the stage in case you've already forgotten, this was the uh, this was the biggest ever yeah. foreign affair slash all new sports show derby. Yeah. Obviously the biggest one ever. Mm-hmm. Um, as they meet in the match for the biggest prize in world football. Mm-hmm. Old big years. And at um, the end of the day, somebody, somebody, in our in our had to come out on top. It's true that that is what the rules of the game prescribe. Somebody did have to win this game, um, I guess. Um, so, sorry, I've been thinking about this for like the last four days, and it still just makes I'm me. Gonna let, I'm gonna let you kind of take the lead here. Sure. Um, so things, of course, started off uh, with. One of the most dynamic openings ever. That's right. Imagine Dragons live on stage. Just kick things. Is that even their song? I don't know if that's their song. Never mind. <laughs> no, that's, no, you're right. That's that's one of the Imagine Dragons songs. You are oh, correct. Is it? Yes. I actually kind of like that song. But yeah. It's good. Um, I don't know. I, haven't, I never actually went back to go see. Um, so, yeah, that opened it up. And, hey, you know, that was that was fantastic. Um, and if you thought that was, eh, well, just wait for the next 90 plus minutes of football, I guess. Um, Liverpool got on the score sheet early, uh, thanks to an early penalty, uh, as Sadio Mane, uh, found the right arm of Musa Sissoko, arm, upper body-ish kind of thing, um, for an early penalty, which Mo Salah took, that got Liverpool up 1-0, and then... The next 86 minutes existed, I guess. A bunch of missed passes (laughs) and ball. And and as we kept kind of saying to each other, damn, that pitch is fast. Yeah, it's a very... (laughs) As balls just kept kept going out of play. 
play it. I don't play it. <laughs> it was one of those where you're like, uh, when you're when you have a baseball team and you're like, hey, we we know this uh, this team likes to bunt a lot, so we, we got to make sure they get fast, so the balls come right to our third baseman, so they can field it very easily. It's very very interesting how Madrid decided to cut the grass on this pitch. Um, so that happened, uh, and then Divacarigi scored in the 87th minute. Um, to put the game away and give Liverpool their sixth, yeah, sixth, yeah. Six. sixth European Championship. Um, this one uh, ends a streak of six straight finals. Jurgen uh, Klopp had lost uh, over the course of being at Borussia Dortmund and Liverpool. Um, so that streak comes to an end. Um, I don't know, like, I've been thinking about this the last couple days, and I'm just like, I'm trying to rack up in my brain who I think gets, like, more than a six in this match if I was doing player ratings, and I come up with, like, maybe three people out of every... Oh, well, I mean, for Liverpool, it was obviously defenders and goalkeepers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think, like... It, it was, like, Van Dyke, Matip, and uh, Allison. Yeah, if I had to give it, I would probably give it to literally... Both pairs of center backs, and I would even say, I've been going back and forth if I'd give Loris a seven or not. Like, uh, I, I, I keep thinking there's so the goals he gave up is a penalty, which certainly, yeah. I mean, it was that's luck of the draw, basically. Yeah, and and shockingly, he was really good at it throughout the rest of the season, even though he had been like historically bad at them. Um, and then in the second, the Origi goal, he it was he had to cover his near post with where Origi got the yeah. ball after the misclearance. So there's not a whole lot he can do. And Origi also did he had a tight yeah. angle that he needed to fit it in. So there's there's not a whole lot Larice could have done. I, I just I thought on that I thought Origi just that was as well placed a shot as Origi's ever put where, where it was the coming off the bar against Everton. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I think I, I think at the end of the day because. I, I I would also argue, or not argue, I would posit that uh, Loris probably had the toughest save of the match. Mate, I, I don't know if it's the Robertson one for him or Erickson's free kick for, for uh-huh. Allison that's actually harder. I think uh-huh. I think because Allison had a chance to prepare for it, even though Erickson's was maybe a little bit of a tougher save, Loris's right. was more bas- like more of a reaction save. So I I don't I don't know I probably give them both sevens, and I'd probably give sevens to Toby and Yan for Spurs and and Matip and Van Dyke as you said for Liverpool. Um, after that, I'd probably give each backs like sixes maybe, and yeah. then everybody else probably gets like a four or a maybe a five. Midfielders, you played hard. You know what? I will. I will actually say this. I will give Harry Winks a lot of credit. I actually think Harry Winks was very good in this game, um, and that. I'm, and when I say that, I mean relative to just about everybody else in that midfield. I actually thought he was he was one of the most consistent things in the midfield on both sides. I actually thought he had a a good game. Well, my only my only issue with Harry Winks is he was consistent, but. Much like no one, much like everyone else, they never tried to really push the ball up the field. Yeah, um, and I mean, Winks wasn't spraying his passes all over the place, but none of, to me, none of his passes were ever overly effective. Yeah, they, they were. There was no like ambition to them, but he was just mm. he was he was safe, but he was very good at being safe. 
Um, I think, I th- and, and I think in a game, and it didn't end up mattering in the end, but I think in a game where a lot of people were very loose with the ball in midfield, that could have been a a more deciding factor. It just turned out All right. because yeah. because both sides were were not very good in the final third. It just didn't end uh-huh. up mattering really. Um, I would say I, I also I know Harry Kane's been getting a lot of shtick. I thought Kane was fine. Like I didn't think he was bad, and I certainly don't think he shouldn't have started. Um. And I mean, he even did have that one pass that I know made me slightly hopeful for a second and had you with almost hand in head or head in hands. That was eerily reminiscent of the pass he played that led to the goal at Anfield just a few months ago. Um, But other than that, I thought Ali and Son were just were just not good enough in the final third. Um, I also think Mane had a few good runs. That was about it. Salah was ha- had a few moments where he broke down the defender a little bit, but there was Tottenham defended well enough where it didn't end up really mattering. Firmino was largely irrelevant to where the only thing that we really talked about was how you thought he looked like an old detective with... Uh... <laughs> like from an ITA, yes. like... Yeah. Yeah, and no, like no substitute really did much. I mean, yes, Origi did score the goal, but I actually thought before that, it it felt like the reason terrible before the goal. And the thing is, like the reason he came on, I felt, and and you can correct me if I'm wrong because you know your players better than I do. Obviously, I thought that the main reason he came on for Firmino was. With the one goal lead, yes, he does give you something going forward, but he also can hold up play very well. Um, and yeah, he, he, just, he just didn't do it. He was very bad at that. Um, so, like, when, when if anybody out there is like, why isn't he giving Origi a six or seven? I'm like, because the one goal doesn't disqualify the other oh, horrible yeah, he was, badness he did. He was terrible before that. I mean, he wasn't doing anything right, and then he just. Yeah. Had the moment of magic with his foot. Um, Mora came on and did give some energy, but never threatened that much. Although Spurs probably did have their best 10 minute stretch of the match after he yeah. came on. Um, Laurenti. Wait, I, thought, I thought Harry Kane in particular, I thought it was very telling. You know, people, well, he's not making that big of a difference. He had 11 touches in the first half. Yeah. And you know what? When you're a center forward, that's not your fault. Yeah. That's not your fault when you only have 11 touches. When you're the focal point of a team and you have 11 touches, I think that's not I, your fault. I also think another hard part about it just comes from the fact that... And, and after this, I'll shut up and let you talk because I've done enough talking. Awesome. Um, I think one thing that also made it very hard for Terry Kane is that after, after the early penalty, Liverpool's game plan, which was pretty much to sit back and hit on the counter, I feel anyway became even more crystal clear that that's what they were going to do almost to i won't say park the bus maybe i maybe 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 throw it in neutral a little bit at times um not this was not quite josie Mourinho, but this was this was a very we're able now to sit eight men behind the ball and not let you do anything and i thought that's also made it for as good as harry kane is at full strength it, while he wasn't quite there, he was certainly well enough on the day. But when you when Liverpool is able to sit eight men back, 
And with the right. defense already as good as it is, the chances are just going to be so few and far between. There was still one in the first you know half where if Sissoko hits Sun on a on a on a tight pass into the box, Sun's through on goal and he's one on one with Allison. And I, as good as Allison was, I like Sun's chances in that matchup. So you know, just little things like that. Spurs still had chances and they just didn't take them. Um, Liverpool were, I guess, slightly the better team on the day and and were the the better team on the season. But this is going to be, in my opinion, one of those Champions League finals that's just going to kind of fade into the ether if you weren't really a fan of either team. So Right. Um, well, the biggest talking points continuing on this is going to be more the stories around the match than mm-hmm. the match itself. Mm-hmm. Um, the stories, you know, because Jurgen Klopp is such a huge um, figure mm-hmm. and, and such a huge personality um, on the sport. You know, so for, you know, and he, he had been labeled, you know, he was a bottler. He couldn't mm-hmm. get it done. He couldn't win the big one. Well, he won the big one. So, you know what? That's off his back. So that's a that's a good storyline for it. I think um, I think almost more of the storyline is going to be what stems off of this. Mm-hmm. Um, the questions surrounding Spurs going forward. Mm-hmm. You know, where do you go from here? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cropping up. You know, Erickson has made some statements in the last twenty four hours about you know maybe it's time for a new challenge. Yeah, to paraphrase him, you know, he's yeah, those, making those statements. There was some, there was some big paraphrasing going on by some English media outlets today about those comments. Yeah, not, yeah. I was not thrilled with some of the paraphrasing done by them. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, um, you're right. Go ahead. So you know that's out there. Um, you know the Pochettino question. The Pochettino question is looking more and more like Pochettino is going to be staying mm-hmm. this season, at least. But it's still out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the question, has he taken them as far as he can at this point? You know, are Spurs going to spend some money now because they've gotten this close? You've got to put some money into this squad. Um, so that's that's kind of where it's coming from, from the Spurs angle. Uh, from the Liverpool angle, it, it is about, at this moment, it's about, you know what, let's lock up some guys. Mm-hmm. You know, let's make sure those contracts are nice and fat for them and everybody's happy with that. And, you know, just keep it about the football and not having to worry about contract. Um, you know, there has been now, now there was, uh, there's, I wouldn't say it's a grumble, but it's more of just what he had said before. Apparently, uh, Liverpool have gone to the table with Jurgen Klopp, you know, wanting to make sure, you know, wanting to lock him up for a longer deal. And Klopp has said, you know what, I think. For now, I'm just going to stick with what I've got because at this moment, I may still be planning to walk away after 2022. Right. Which has some of us just going, (laughs) uh, okay, you're in. Um, (laughs) Somebody pay this. (laughs) But I mean, apparently he was offered like a huge deal, something like 10 million pounds a year. I mean, for the manager, I mean, that's that's huge money. That is freaking Belichick saving money. Yeah. so, I mean, that's more the questions is, you know, where does Liverpool go from here? Can Liverpool turn this into a, a chance to win the league? Yeah, those kind of things. Um, but the match itself, uh, it was it was sloppy. It was a little drab. Just looking back on it, you touched on it. Liverpool got that early goal, and I think it just – they almost did – 
go, well, as far as Liverpool can, I think they did part the bus. Yeah. I noticed for the first time all season, I looked out there and two or three times and noticed, my God, they have two banks of four. Yeah. And Sadio Mane's playing at the top of the box, you know, <laughs> defensively. It's like, wow. Okay. And, I mean, I understood it, but it's kind of like you say, you know, Spurs, where Liverpool feared Spurs is on the counter. Mm-hmm. So how do you stop the counter for Spurs? Well, let them have the ball in midfield. Okay, you're not hurting us. Mm. You know, um, and just clog them up trying to get back. Clog up Son, clog up Harry Kane, Mora, Lorente when he came in. Um, there was one play in the game that just kind of was, I guess, the symbol of everything for uh, for Liverpool and for really for how it was going for Spurs where Son looked like he had two steps on Van Dyke and was going to go one-on-one on goal. And Van Dyke just cruised right into position, kicked it out for a corner. Mm-hmm. Just as easy, just, just like Van Dyke always does. Very smooth, doesn't look like he's sprinting. You know, they say, the, the, the term in England they use is he's a Rolls Royce. He's just, he's smooth and, you know, he's gorgeous but doesn't even have to be flashy. Mm-hmm. And that's what he did, you know, just that... All right. Well, this is this is what I do. You know, this is what uh, this is what Van Dyke does. He just he takes the ball off you and doesn't let you get around him. Uh, Van Dyke this season in sixty four matches total uh, was not dribbled by one time this season. Wow. I mean that's that's insanity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's insane um, for you know for a guy and especially a guy playing in the Premier League and the upper reaches of the Champions League. You know, the Premier League being the speed and physical league it is, sure. nobody dribbled past this guy this year. Um, there is a groundswell now to give Van Dyke the Ballon d'Or. <laughs> uh, Van Dyke has said, um, no, you give it to Lionel Messi yeah. because he's messy. <laughs> um, but that said, I do believe, you know, when the voting does come out, I'm not expecting Van Dyke to win the Ballon d'Or. I expect Van Dyke to be at the ceremony, though. Yeah. You know, as a defender, you know, top three or top four, however they want to do it, I think he belongs in that conversation this year. If for nothing else, not that, not that he would win it, but you know, just to recognize that you know the guy had an incredible season, had an incredible impact, sure, um, on the club, obviously. And you know what? When you win a big trophy, it helps. It helps yeah. get you up there when you get a big trophy, and they lifted the big one. Um, <clears throat> as for the match, like you said. Um, Liverpool's forwards weren't great. Mane had some. Mane did what Mane does. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. He was a little bereft of getting the ball where he needed it, though. Um, the crossing wasn't terrible from the fullbacks. They just really weren't getting down enough to get them out and over. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that was because once again they weren't getting good link-up play for midfield. Um, yeah. The one thing you can say about Liverpool's midfield on the day, they played hard. Yes. <laughs> you know. Um, Defensively, as a as a defensive mid rock, Fabinho was fantastic. I mean, Fabinho was you know when it came to disrupting play, um, breaking things up once again, helping to shield uh, against that Son and Kane. Uh, Fabinho was on point. His passing was nowhere near what it usually is. Um, Henderson didn't seem to have the effect he's been having recently. Um, and uh, Vinaldum and Milner, when he eventually came on, they just, I mean, no one could really get anything going. Let me say, you know, they would string together, both teams would string together a couple of nice passes, mm-hmm. and then somebody just overshoots somebody, and there goes. Yeah. 
and it was it was frustrating watching. Um, Firmino was obviously just. I mean, I, I think he was fit to play. I had no problem with him starting, mm-hmm. but he was just he was rusty. I mean, a lot of rust. Same on Harry Kane. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, not even match fitness. It's just complete rust from both of those guys that you saw. Um, Salah on the day. I'm so glad that Mo got that penalty <laughs> um, because you know that kind of put him in a good place going forward, and also you know it was a nice little. Nice little something from last year, mm-hmm. of course, where he was you know, brutally assaulted <laughs> in front of millions of people and nothing was done about it. Uh, you know, fuck you, Rama, she passed clown. Uh, but Mo Salah was kind of in his, you know, I'm on the huge stage today, so I'm going to try to score a hat trick, everything else be damned. Mm-hmm. He kind of had that little vibe going to him where it's like, why did you shoot that fucking ball? Why did you shoot that ball? Why did you shoot that ball? It's like, damn it, Mo, one more pass, and maybe you're walking to the goal with that ball on the pass back to you, but, you know, you're going to try to take it from an angle. Um, and it just it didn't work. Uh, Origi came on, as we said earlier. He was terrible and then put in a fantastic goal. So, you know, the statue is – I think they've broken ground on the statue. <laughs> So, um, but you know where Liverpool were fantastic. Um, start in the middle of that defense. Uh, we talked about Van Dyke. He's the Rolls Royce. Van Dyke did exactly what Van Dyke does. Very quietly, the guy who didn't get any of the praise for what happened, Joel Matip, was immense. I mean, Matip and Van Dyke combined. I mean, when you can completely marshal a line of Harry Kane, Kimmin Son. Uh, Lucas Moore coming in. Lorente, I don't think Lorente ever touched the ball once he got in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was uh, it was those two big center backs. They did their job. They were fantastic. Um, and then actually, Matip ended up with the assist because I believe he's the one who set up um, Origi for the goal. Mm-hmm. So those two were immense. And then here's the thing about Allison Becker. Allison only had really maybe one or two what you would call like top saves. Mm-hmm. But for a Liverpool fan base that <laughs> just a year ago yeah. know, cringed and, you know, vomited and nearly died having to sit through Loris Karius in the final. Because, I mean, you sat right beside me for the final. I did. And you saw exactly how it was. I mean, there were routine shots that Allison had no problem with. Them, so they were like, oh, God, oh, Jesus, help me. <laughs> And, you know, Allison would just catch it like, you know, Wes, what is your problem, bro? I got this. I got this. And that was such a huge thing for Liverpool. Um, He didn't have a wobble. He did not drop a ball. He didn't have a bad punch. He he did everything absolutely perfectly on the day. Now, his passing out was kind of like everybody else's. It wasn't great, but I didn't give a shit. I just needed to stop balls today. Mm -hmm. And he did it. Perfectly. He fully commanded that box. Um, he did everything that a top-class goalkeeper is supposed to do. And I think on that stage, I mean, I think right now you've got to have Allison in that talk, I think, for top three goalkeepers in the world. Mm-hmm. Some can put him in number two, however you want to, but um, I think he's definitely up in that rarefied air right now uh, with the Yon uh, Oblaks of the world. And... Um, uh, you know, obviously Ederson is up there in that conversation, and uh, Terstegen. Yeah. You know, Terstegen and Allison, I believe, were named as the um, goalkeepers of the competition. 
Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, and I, I mean, I fully believe he's he's right up there. I think right now, top three in the world um, are Ter Stegen, Allison, and um, mm. Oblak. So with Ederson so freaking close, it's not funny, but mm. um, I just say I think those three are kind of in a class ahead right now. Um, and it's, I mean, for, for Liverpool, who, you know, we haven't had a, we haven't had a truly great goalkeeper. Uh, Pepe Reina was a super good goalkeeper. Um, and then he just kind of, he had a rough last year or two, but, you know, Reina was up in that, um, air, mm-hmm. but I think Allison is a true world-class, one of the best goalkeepers in the world. And mm-hmm. that's just something we haven't had in a long time. Right. And it was it was big, um, but the other day I think that opening goal Liverpool were able to fully implement their game plan and they didn't have to get too adventurous or leave themselves open at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, based on the season, I mean, this is a Spurs team. This is a good Spurs team. Don't get me wrong. This is still a team that lost nineteen matches over all competitions this year. Mm-hmm. So. You know, really, I mean, when you compare them and Liverpool, you know, they lost 19 matches total. Liverpool lost... Four? Five? Six. Six total. Two in, two in the domestic they lost cups. The two, cup, the two cups, they lost one in the league, and they lost all three of their uh, away that's matches. Right. Yeah, that's right. In the, in the group stage. <laughs> oh, okay, seven, because they lost to Barcelona. That's true. Okay, yeah, they did lose that So, again. seven over four competitions, they lost seven matches this season. I mean, they were, Liverpool are just, I mean, Liverpool, to me, are one of the three best teams in, in the world right now. Um, City's up there. Yeah. However you want to put it, City's up there. They won the league. They won the treble. <clears throat> and even though how it ended for them, I think maybe you put Barcelona as that other team up there. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Juve were quite on the level. Um, no. Obviously, Munich weren't on the level this year for that. PSG weren't on that level. Those are your other major league champions. Um, obviously, the Premier League had the best race down to the end for the championship. And I think those two in Barcelona are the three best teams in the world this year. And, uh, I think for Liverpool, it was I think it was a very deserving trophy for Liverpool to walk home with mm-hmm. because it would have been an absolute travesty for this team to have the season they had and to not come home with a trophy. Right. So, um, I think they deserve it. Um, Klopp has now uh, three years in Europe with Liverpool, has been to three finals. He's won one. Um, one of them was a 50-50 toss-up, and the other one you were playing a much better Real Madrid team. Yeah. So, um, uh, next year, I guess now, we start to look ahead for the 2020 Um Champions League final, it will be in the, the town that we call uh, Istanbul. Oh boy! For the for the first time since one night in Istanbul in two thousand five. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a, a very romantic notion. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's not going to be easy at all. Uh, but also something we can look ahead to. Uh, the pots have been announced. Mm-hmm. I don't have them in front of me, but I'm going to try. I can pull them up here pretty quickly. Okay, okay. I'm going to try real quick. Liverpool, City, and Chelsea yes. are all in pot A, as well as, of course, um, you know, Barca, PSG, Juventus, 
Bayern Munich. Mm-hmm. And there should be one more. Uh, Russia, whoever won from Russia. Is that it? The Russians? Yeah, uh, Zenit. Zenit. Zenit's in there. Okay, so Zenit. Uh, Spurs are in pot B, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, and they absolutely should be up there. Um, so, you know, we go ahead and start getting ready for the next Champions League. Uh, mm-hmm. There are some teams in the pots that have to get through qualifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ajax, I believe, is going to be in pot two this year. Are uh, they in pot two or are they uh, still in pot three? They they actually have to qualify. They are not oh, yet. They have to qualify. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and of course, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what team they have yeah. when it comes time. Very true. But uh, you know, never start looking ahead too soon. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so Champions League 2019. I guess this is our fond farewell. Mm-hmm. Um, just throw you one more stat out there. Um, so now all-time European Cup Champions League, Real Madrid still lead the way, 13 total. Mm-hmm. Winners, medals, uh, times they've lived at the Cup, AC Milan mm-hmm. uh, sitting in second place now with seven total times they've lived at the Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liverpool break a three-way tie for third as they become the only the third six-time winner ever mm-hmm. of the competition. And now Barcelona and um, Bayern Munich mm-hmm. both are now tied for fourth with five mm-hmm. cups. So um, as for Liverpool, I, th- I think there's a much better chance of Liverpool getting to seven before AC Milan get to eight at this point. Yes. <laughs> um, Manchester United are sitting down there with three and will not be adding to that total next year mm-hmm. by any means, uh, as they will be playing Europa. Um, and I believe Ajax may have four. I believe Ajax have four champion four because they won three straight and then won another one in the. Um, I believe that's let's the big one. see. I think we can really quickly performance by club. And Juventus uh, have been there a lot, but Juventus only won it like twice. Huh? You Juventus have won it twice and been runner up seven times. Right, they've been there a lot. Just want... Yep. Uh, so yeah, after after Baron and Barca, it's Ajax with four, and then it's uh-huh. Inter and United with three, then you Juventus, Benfica, good old Nottingham Forest, and Porto with two, and then uh, let's see who's got Single one. Winners. Celtic, uh, Hamburg. Uh, I believe it's pronounced Hamburger. Uh, Hamburger. F- yeah, FCSB, which is a Romanian club. Uh, Marseille, uh, Dortmund, Chelsea, Feyenoord, uh, Aston Villa, right. uh, uh, Eindhoven, Eindhoven, and uh, Red Star Belgrade. So that's right. Uh, Man City and Pep Guardiola still bringing up the rear at zero. Yeah, in fact, now same number, same number as uh, Leighton Orient. Hey, to be fair, they're on in this performance by club te- uh, chart here. On Wikipedia, City are not on this list because they have also never been a runner-up. So, no. hey, Tottenham, we're now on a list that City's not. Hey, yay. Um, Chris Jericho, you just made the list. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so, right now, uh, Atletico Madrid have been the most times without winning once. They've been three times. Uh, and, yes, Juventus have been... The most runner-ups with seven. Right. Um, that's right. insane. Jesus. Well, they just Juventus always seem to you know get there and they would 
they would just hit somebody who was just on a damn roll. Yeah. Um, Juventus won it in 85. They beat like 85 at the infamous match in Heisel, mm-hmm. where they had the disaster and 39, you know, 39 fans died that day. Right. And then I want to say they won it maybe in the early 2000s. Uh, let me quickly bring... Or was it the night? They were one in the 90s or the 2000s. Let me bring back up this real quick. Uh, let's see. Juventus. Uh, Juventus won in 85 and 96. 96. Uh, where they beat Ajax, who were defending champions that year. Right. Um, Juventus then would lose the next two years, 97-98. Uh, and then lost in 03 to Milan. Uh, and then in 15 yeah. to Barcelona, and then in 17 to Real Madrid. So. So, well, this is long but distinguished. Yes, that's, it's history, right, Benucci? It's history. Um, See, you got no history! Yeah, what's going on, Benucci? <laughs> oh, man. Probably because, you know, he's not giving time to anyone. That's true. Um, <laughs> Good for you. Um, so that's going to do it for our Champions League talk on the day. Uh, now, Wes has to immediately gird his loins for potentially another weekend with a final. Oh, God. Oh, the biggest The biggest final of them all. The Nations League final. Oh, boy. So big. So big that I literally forgot. <laughs> Yeah, so, so big. Oh, it's going to be Kane versus Van Dyke again. Oh, boy. Um, so, first of all, uh, Portugal and Switzerland were on one side of the bracket. Uh, Portugal with a big 3-1 victory over Switzerland today. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo with a hat trick as he is basically Portugal at this point. Uh, sorry, Bernardo Silva. You know it's true. Uh, but they... they get, you might be the next Ronaldo, but you're not the current Ronaldo. Very true. Uh, Switzerland did get their goal through Ricardo Rodriguez on a penalty in the 57th minute, which, as Wes and I were talking about before the pod, uh, had the interesting process of uh, Switzerland er- getting what they thought was a penalty on one end, not being awarded uh, by a uh, head referee, uh, who I'm trying to find out what his name is. Uh, Felix, yeah, Felix Bridge of Germany. Uh, and then the play went right down to the other end for Portugal. Portugal earned themselves a penalty, but then they stopped it before the penalty was taken, went to VAR, and it ended up re-awarding Switzerland their penalty. So that was Switzerland's only goal of the match. Uh, Granit Xhaka was terrible as usual, and uh, he allowed Portugal to get their third. So haha, Granit Xhaka, haha again. Um, so Portugal do get the win in their home country. Because that's how this works. Uh, and so tomorrow, Thursday, by the time you listen to this, it'll probably already have happened. England will be taking on the Netherlands. Oh my god, huge. It's coming home. Yeah, yeah there you Football's go. coming home. Oh my god. Oh, and it's and it's basically going to be England and or, or sorry, Spurs and Liverpool again as most yeah. of those teams are back on England's roster. Um Wes, I think I feel like you summed it up pretty well when you didn't even remember this was happening until you got the score update today. 
Um, any any feelings at all going to this Nations League semifinal and then potentially final on Sunday the 9th? I mean, I'm not hating on the Champions League. It's just – or Champions League. I'm not hating on the Nations Cup. It's just – God, it just, had, it just like snuck up on me like so fast. You know, mm-hmm. we just finished with – I mean, I'm still, you know, getting the champagne out of my <laughs> – you know, red T-shirt from the weekend, <clears throat> and um, you know, suddenly it's like, oh, okay, now for the big international tournament final. It's like, oh shit, that's yeah. right. Um, I mean, from my vantage point, hey, of course I want England to win. Of course. But if they don't, then immediately the Dutch, who in the past I've despised the Dutch, as you well know, <laughs> um, now they're my second favorite team. <laughs> thank you, thank you, uh, Virgil and Jeannie. Yeah. Because of you guys, yes, I will definitely pull for the Dutch, especially God, especially over the Portuguese. Yeah. yeah. Anybody but Ronaldo winning another major trophy that he can then throw in Messi's face. Had to win had to win a solid two matches in this tournament to get it. Seriously. Um, but you know, England I'll, I'll give it to England. I am I'm guessing you know the Dutch are gonna be ready to play, don't get me wrong. But England are really kinda going in on this. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think they're going to be ready. Um, I mean, judging from last summer, you know, they've done, a, they've done a pretty damn good job. Yeah. So, come on, you lot. Yeah. Make us dream. <laughs> this is the one that our grandfathers told us about. Yeah. The nation's cup. Yeah. Except the fact that our grandfathers have been dead and this just started like a year ago. But anyway... <laughs> We'll tell our grandkids about it one day when it's a defunct tournament. But anyway. Oh yeah. 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 That this will be this will be a fun one, boys. Um, oh, Ingerland. I just I, I don't even. not there. Wayne Rooney is not there still. I I it's it's got to be tough though for Southgate. Like, do you do you play Danny Rose? Do you play Delhi? Do you play? Um, Jordan do, you, Henderson. do you play Jordan Henderson? Do you play Harry Trent. King? Yeah, do you play Trent? I like I don't I and those are probably just looking at the roster right now, those are probably all your best players. So I don't I don't, I don't know. We'll see. Hey, I guess I guess technically the Dutch have to answer the same question with Van Dyke and uh and when all as you were saying. Well, the answer saying. to that is yes, they're playing Van Dyke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, I guess we'll get that uh, that dream duo of Van Dyke and DeLitt. Yes. Oh, and apparently Liverpool may be back in for DeLitt. <laughs> oh, God. I hate this. We're all, everyone's in for DeLitt, damn it. Come on. Oh. You know what? You should get uh, your local Macclesfield team to uh, to get in on DeLitt, too. Just for Macclesfield the Town. Yeah, there you go. That's the one. Matthias, don't worry about going to Barcelona. Or Manchester United, or Liverpool, or Real Madrid. No, come play in the uh, the Northeastern League. <laughs> hey, if we do really good, maybe we'll get into the two. Yeah. Oh boy. You'll be a legend. <laughs> Proper ledge. Um, Proper ledge. So yeah, that all that that whole thing is taking place. Uh, I guess an a, a important thing about this is um, if you win the Nations League final. Uh, you do automatically get to qualify for um, Europa 2020 for whatever that's worth. So cool. there you go. So I'm, cool. I'm you know, I mean, well, I guess I, I always felt about 
this. If you can't qualify for them, you don't need to be there. But. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, didn't Netherlands miss out on Euro 2016? Or whatever they it was. They missed out on, like, everything recently. They missed out on the World Cup and the Euro. Yeah. So, I don't know. Ne- Netherlands might want to try and go ahead and do this, but otherwise, I mean, England's... Well, I mean, well, you know, seriously now, at this point, I mean, if you qualified for the yeah. final of a tournament, if you're there... Yeah. You're, you're in it to win it. Yeah, know? sure. I guess, I you're in it to win it if you're there. So. Right. So, so yay. That's that's how that's going. Um, so, that's that's the Nations League. And then, finally, the uh, the Women's World Cup is kicking off this Friday from France as the host country takes on South Korea at the Parc des Princes in Paris. Um, uh, so, that match will be taking a place from Group A. Uh, also in that group is Norway and Nigeria. Uh, other teams to keep an eye on, I guess. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. Um, uh, Germany is in Group B. They lead that charge. Uh, Brazil is in Group C. Uh, group D is very interesting as it uh, currently has England as well as Japan. Uh, that was a semifinal matchup from the 2015 Women's World Cup. So we'll be interesting to see. Uh, also in that group is Scotland. So that's cool. And then Argentina. Um, and then the United States will be in Group F. Uh, interesting for that group is, of course, Sweden is also in that group, along with Thailand and Chile. But you may remember, and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. I believe Sweden was the team that knocked out the women in the... Oh, God, what did they knock them out of? Why am I blanking on this? Was it a She Believes Cup or something? No, it was like, I feel like it was an actual, like, tournament. Why am I, why am I blinking on this? How, what, 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 what is, because, like, I remember, like, Hope Solo threw a hissy fit about it, and, was it, it wasn't. Was it the World Cup? I don't think so. Um, yeah, no, it wasn't, it wasn't the, so it wasn't the 2011 World Cup. What was it? I oh was it maybe the Olympics? Oh, I think it was the Olympics. I think it was, yeah. Oh, okay. Let me let me let me look real quick here. Yeah, okay. That's what it was. The Sweden knocked out the U.S. in the the quarterfinals of the Olympics in 2016 in Rio. That's what. It, although that match was in Brasilia, but yeah, okay, okay. I I I I I wasn't super far off. Okay, cool. So that's that's what it was. It was like I know the the women the U.S. women won the 2015 World Cup. So when did this Sweden loss happen? Was this a fever dream? No, thankfully it wasn't. I think still. Um, so anyway, uh, the United States will take the pitch on June 11th, which is I believe next Tuesday. Um, Today's the fifth. Yep. So. Yep. Tuesday. So they will be heading out. Uh, when they take on Thailand in the opener of that tournament. So uh, do check that out. That, Of course, that will all be on Fox and the Fox suite of networks. So hopefully, you know, there's not a whole lot of Eric Winalda on there. Hopefully, fingers crossed, he's not really involved. Um, and we'll see how that goes from France. Um, and we'll, be, we'll be giving you updates on that throughout the uh, the tournament as always um let's hit the news and notes and we'll start with the very sad story that came out just a little bit before 
the Champions League final on, on Saturday. Uh, but ex-Sevilla uh, Arsenal and Atletico Madrid player Jose Antonio Reyes uh, was killed in a car collision uh, at the age of 35. Um, very, very sad story uh, that that happened. Um, of course, he was part of the uh, the Arsenal team, who were the Invincibles, uh, and he was uh, he was actually the first Spaniard to win the Premier League. That coming from uh, Bleacher Report football, so uh, a, a tragic story and, and one where uh, the young man's life was taken much too soon through through this car wreck. So. Yeah, that said, yeah, he was doing like one thirty five. Yeah. So. Hate it, hate it, but you know, guys have to think. Yeah, it is. It is a shame that some people just feel the need to test the limits like that, and unfortunately, that can be the result. So tragic, tragic story there. Um, so we will, we will take that aside, put that aside, and trans, uh, and move on to another story. Um, and I was, I was gonna do a cheeky bit about oh, Champions League final controversy farcical some people called it and there's going to be an emergency meeting to right some wrongs of the champions league final in africa uh <laughs> so the 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 confederation of uh, of african football the story coming from a uh, foot mob um they're calling an emergency meeting to to talk about what happened in their champions league final um to es tunis defended their title uh, with a 2-1 aggregate victory over Widad Casablanca. Um, Yusuf yeah. Balali scored the only goal of the game in the 40, 41st minute before Widad appeared to equalize, um, but the goal was wrongly ruled out for offside, and with the VAR system seemingly not working, oopsies, uh, Widad protested at length. Eventually, the referee called an end to proceedings with Tunis able to celebrate being crowned champions for a second successive season. Uh, however, CAF has now announced an emergency committee will be held on June 4th to consider what happened in the final. Uh, the first leg of the final, uh, which ended in a 1-1 draw, was also hit with controversy. Uh, Egyptian match official Gihad Grisha was suspended for six months after a complaint from the Royal Moroccan Football Federation. Uh, Cast statement on the Egyptian referee suspension confirmed he was banned for, quote, poor performance. I, granted, it, obviously, on the world stage, the the uh, African Football Champions League does not have the same, maybe, gravitas that the European Champions League holds. But this is... An absolutely insane story, and I'm I'm actually shocked that um, that a, a team basically protested enough that the match official was like, "All right, we're done." They the other team just wins. That that seems like the most bizarre end to a match I've ever heard of, and even even more so than that crazy shit that happened in Argentina um, a couple months ago. Like this is this is bonkers that the match actually took place. And then the match official was like, no, you guys protested too much. We're done. It's insane. Good times, man. Good times. <laughs> Good times in Africa. I oh, oh, wow. That's that is Yeah, I just I don't I don't I don't do Africa, man. So, you know There's so much shit going on over there. I don't know what's the truth, what's not the truth, who's skimming what, who's doing what, who's doing who. Just all I need to say is 
Sinmane, Salah, <laughs> and Keita back in one piece. <laughs> or I'm bringing SEAL Team 6 and we're going to do some damage. Oh, man. Let's do what he says. I'd really rather not have an international incident, boys. So let's... Uh... Let's let's do that. So hey, oh man, uh, insanity. So that's what happened there. Um, let's do, we'll do a little transfer news now. Um, Real Madrid with the first of what seems to be their 147 signings they're gonna do this summer transfer uh, period uh, have signed Luka Jovic from Eintracht Frankfurt on a six-year deal. The 21 striker will be coming over. Uh, for about 70 million euros. Um, so, Wes, this is the the first in what looks to be a very, 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 very long line of players that Real Madrid look to be not only interested in, but look to be getting pen to paper on. Absolutely. And Jovic, I've got one who... Right away... But he's definitely one that, that can stay and develop. 21 years old. Really burst on the scene this year in Germany. Had a great season. Um, was huge in Eintracht's uh, run of the Europa semifinals. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a step up for him, but he's a really good player. And just to throw something on top of that, what a piece of business by Eintracht Frankfurt. Yeah who had him on loan from Benfica, had a 10, I believe it was a 10 million euro option to sign him permanent, mm-hmm. exercise that option and then turn around and 70 million pounds to Real Madrid. Pretty tidy profit. I mean, I mean, exercise the option like six weeks ago <laughs> <laughs> and turn around and sold for 70 million to Real Madrid. I mean, just amazing business for them. Um, reports saying Yen Hazard that that uh, mm-hmm. I, I report earlier that they've come to a number on that. It's like a hundred something million. I think I think it ended up being about like ninety million pounds. Mm-hmm. Which you're sitting, like, that's it. But I mean, last year of his contract, it's still a shit ton of money going to last year of your contract. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it looked like that's going to get done. Um, Real have spots to fill. They have things to do. Um. It doesn't look like they're going to get Neymar or Kylian Mbappe this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's a good start for him, though, Jovic. And then, you know, if you bring in Hazard, that's already a tiny little amount of money. Uh, of course, could be a lot of outbounds as well from Madrid mm-hmm. this summer. So it could be a very different-looking squad come, uh, come August mm-hmm. and into September for Real Madrid. Yeah, Pogba's name has been floated around as... Somebody who might be joining right. there, so we'll we'll see if that's the case. Um, I, I do just want to mention, since you mentioned Neymar, real quick. I it, so with, with the rumor that he might be going back to Barcelona, I'm not going to really comment on that right now. But if if he ends up going back to Barcelona, oh boy, that will be kids. Barcelona? Let me let me just tell you what that that will be. I don't know what must-see TV would be for an audio podcast, um, but I will have thoughts on that. Let's just put it that way. I will have big, big thoughts will be expressed in that podcast. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be a fun time. Fun, fun, fun time if that actually ends up going through. 
Um, someone who will also be leaving his club after a two-year loan, effectively. Uh, James Rodriguez, whose star has fallen so hard since we started doing this podcast. I'm so sorry, James. Um, his uh, two-year He's loan... Really suffered from us. Yes, he has. We, we, we take this one on ourselves. Uh, his two-year loan spell at Bayern Munich has come to an end. Um, and according to Karl-Heinz Rummenigge, uh, <coughs> excuse me, uh, James himself actually asked for the option of the permanent deal not to be taken up. So James uh, will be heading out uh, back to Real Madrid, uh, where he's still ha- under contract through 2021. Although, as, as you just mentioned, there's there's some people that might be outbound. He might be one of them. Um, he's 27. Obviously, there's still something left in there, but he's also been very injury plagued throughout the last couple years. So it it will be interesting to see if maybe a Premier League team wants to take a run at him. I don't even know if he would translate well, though, to the Premier League. So just just with the way the way his skill set is or if he's maybe even durable enough to come to the Premier League. But this is this is a very big crossroads that James Rodriguez will now find himself at. You know, to me, James, fantastic talent, obviously. Mm-hmm. But James, he had that amazing World Cup. Yep. And then everything just came so thick and fast. You know, he played basically one year at Monaco. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, coming from like, God, I think he came from South America, went to Monaco. Mm-hmm. Played one year and suddenly everybody in the world wanted Just over his Mm-hmm. And since then, his confidence has taken a massive boost. I mean, it's just been a cluster mm-hmm. for James. Yeah, I think he's almost a poster boy of it, just too much, too fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he had he had that great World Cup, and suddenly, you know, that was the guy that had to go. Madrid had to have him. Um, I almost wonder if James is kind of, like, broken a little bit. Maybe. I mean, in which case, I mean, you know, going to, sorry, going to Arsenal or something. I don't know yeah. That's yeah, I mean, maybe he has to end up going to like Italy or something, and and playing for a club over there. Maybe, I mean, maybe it's back to France. Maybe, maybe he can latch on. The thing is, somebody's got to be able to pay for him. And... Yeah, that's true. Because kind of like Gareth Bale, like you said, he signed through twenty twenty two. I mean, so you know, he can—he's just sitting back making his money right now too, and you know, a lot of guys aren't going to take a big cut in pay to go from somewhere like Real to—I mean, let's just say Monaco, even though Monaco is in a terrible spot right, right now. Um, but you know, to go back somewhere smaller than that—I mean, if you go to France, the only place that could significantly afford him, obviously, would be you know, PSG. I don't even think PSG are really up for him right now. So. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if anybody. I don't know if anybody outside of Juventus in um, Italy could even afford him. So. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Do you think Napoli could bring him in if they wanted him? I don't know if they even would. Oh no, they got the money. Okay. That's the biggest problem. I just don't know if they got the money. Gotcha. Okay. I bet Chelsea would love to bring him in. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I see what you did there. Hey. Oh, the gift that keeps on giving. That will not give them Ames. So that we'll see what happens to Ames as as obviously there is somebody is gonna take a flyer on this kid. 
and uh, and we'll see where he ends up. And hey, maybe maybe it's just Real. Maybe Real gives him a shot, and and see what he can do for them. Um, finally, in news and notes, uh, this is just a funny story. Uh, this comes to from us from a uh, Deadspin. Great great headline for this article. Uh, England's FA hopes internet shaming will prevent the lads from acting like absolute knobs. Um, so there was a video put out uh, by uh, the English FA on uh, their Twitter account that the uh, the tweet reads, you wouldn't normally do this, so what makes football different? And has this absolute, like, just generic frat-looking dude like doing a bunch of frat boy things like throwing a bicycle just randomly into a river and jumping on cars and throwing beers in a restaurant and and the idea is that all these social media comments come in of the videos of him doing this and he's reading and all the comments are just you know these terrible absolutely awful shameful blah 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 and this guy looks so remorseful as he's reading these comments and then gareth southgate comes at the end and is like lads we need to we need to be great people and and come together and represent our country well and blah 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 blah. and it's just like come on guys yeah i i understand the spirit i i get it i do if you think this is gonna work it's not so i i assume that somebody just needed to do this to tick a box that said we tried and then that's and that's it so this is this is this I, I don't know if you actually ended up watching it Wes, but this is this is this is one of the more silly things i've seen on the internet this week and i've seen a lot of silly things on the internet this week i haven't i haven't uh saved ready to watch uh, youtube sometimes so. Oh my God! Just absolutely stupid. Just, I mean, Eng- England fans are going to England. That's it's terrible and they're awful. But it's if if you think this is going to be the turning point, I, I'm sorry, you're you're very very sadly mistaken on this. So, ah, uh, anyway, uh, there's. Um, go ahead. I, I do have one more thing to add to news and notes. Sure, go ahead. Uh, this well, a couple things. Uh, we we mentioned. Uh, you know, the media darling Neymar earlier. <laughs> so uh, Neymar apparently is getting some scrutiny for, and this is just, when scrutinize him, it's just a complete douche move, which, <laughs> I mean, that's Neymar. Speaking of the bros and the fraternity guys, yeah, Neymar is a bro. Mm-hmm. So Neymar showed up for Brazil training yesterday, I believe, in like a, like a $40 million, like, Mercedes helicopter <laughs> just landed on the field and dropped him off for practice. Cool. Because you know his name more. And tonight they played a tune-up match and he left on a stretcher. <laughs> Wait. Oh god, I had I didn't yeah, I just got him with that. I'll just leave you with that little I had yeah, was stretchered off the field tonight injured uh, uh, nine days before Copa. I hadn't been paying attention after I saw they went up uh 2-0. Let me let me throw this let me, let me, oh God, that was like right after it too. A troubling sight for Brazil as Neymar limps to the tunnel with a massive ice pack wrapped around his foot and ankle. He won't be able to continue and is replaced by Everton. Not, not, not the entire club. Just, just one man, one man named Everton. Um, which is funny because Richarlison is also on the pitch in that match. And, uh, Whose parents hated them enough to name them Everton? 
They put they threw an accent over the E to try and fool people. <laughs> Those people were like, you know what? We think our son's gonna have some talent. We're not that convinced he's gonna be that good. <laughs> so what can we name him? Uh, How about we name him the ninth best club in the Premier League? <laughs> uh, he takes no pleasure in saying that. Um, I guess as well as we're throwing on news and notes, uh, of course, there's also been a lot of talk of uh, Maurizio Sarri going over to Juventus and how it, and how everybody thinks it will be an absolute betrayal of everything he wants to... Oh, my to... God, did you hear the Sarri press conference, what he said in there? No, I didn't, actually. Oh, the, oh, he went on this whole long soliloquy of, like... Once again, I'm paraphrasing, so I don't have him from him. But, uh... Basically, he said, uh, he said, you know, I'm not saying I want to leave Chelsea, but I, I am growing weary of being away from elderly parents and long-suffering friends. Oh, my God. Basically saying, yeah, I want the hell out of here. I want to go back and give a shit. Let's, Take let's... my ass to Italy. Oh. Look at that. That was like within the last day or so. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, Maurizio let's... was like pulling no punches. Let's see if I can like. Unlock. I mean, it's it's so far now that like basically um, analysts in England are saying, you know what? If they don't come to an agreement for him to take the uh, the job, that hmm. they might just have to go ahead and fire. Him. Jesus, that's that's fantastic. Uh, I mean, he he basically came out and was like, I'm I'm so over this place. Uh, oh my god, that's wow. That's uh, no, because what I had seen was this. Uh, oh yeah, Jorginho. Jorginho was the one who said it. Uh, Jorginho sends warning to Maurizio Sarri as Chelsea manager prepares for Juventus job. Um, Jorginho, who followed Sarri to Stamford Bridge last summer, <laughs> would hate to see Sarri at Juventus next season, and believes such a move could be seen as a betrayal by Napoli fans. Uh, well, Napoli Juventus is like that's a big yeah. time rivalry. Yeah. So basically, a lot of teams have big time rivalries with Juventus over there because everybody just fucking hates Juventus. Yeah. Um, um, but you know, my thought was, um, well, sorry, so you know, Jorginho should start packing his bags because yeah. you know Chelsea would love to get rid of Jorginho. <laughs> maybe maybe Jorginho just really doesn't want to go to Juventus. Maybe that's what he's doing. It's like, damn man, how unwelcome can you be? Where you were like the golden child that the guy had to have and. And you're stuck there. It's shit. <laughs> um, lastly, this I swear to God, this will be the last one we do. Uh, just because I saw this on on Metro while I was skimming through stuff, and don't please nobody take this as gospel. This is probably bullshit, but we'll see. I guess um, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang has removed his main picture and deleted his biography from his Instagram profile page, uh, which of course showed that he was an Arsenal player. And now it no longer says that. Uh, and there's been talks of uh, a Chinese club coming in for him. So, hey, one of one of the bright spots last year. And with, uh, I think there's been Italian clubs linked to Lacazette. So, cool. Good for you, Arsenal. Good for you. I just want Binger to come back at this point. <laughs> I mean, oh, man. Anyway. Anyway, from that, let's let's head over to the watch for Wes. What are you watching in the week that was or the week that will be? Bro, I'm gonna give you a movie. 
that yeah. I've been seeing the previews for because as we know I go to a lot of movies yes you do and um, yeah I'd seen it it looked pretty good and I was like well I might go see it I might not it just so happened to work I went and saw Booksmart Ah, I've heard a lot about this one. Um, I forget who's like the person behind. It's, um. Well, when you get into the movie, you'll see people. You'll be like, okay. I know. Oh, it's Olivia Wilde. Olivia Wilde, I yes, think, was yes, like the director. Olivia Wilde's the director. Yeah. Um, Jason Sudeikis is in it. Standard. Minor role. Minor role. Um, also, minor roles for Lisa Kudrow and Will Forte. Oh, okay. Holy shit, Will Forte just. Oh my god. I mean, Will Forte was like the <laughs> little scene stealer when he was in there. It was just so funny. Um, I went to this movie. It kind of worked time-wise with the schedule I had when I went and saw it. it you know, it was like I had some time and what was on. So, you know what? I think it's going to be pretty funny. Holy shit, I laughed my ass off. Wow. Okay. Hey. Do not let a child even stand outside the movie theater while you watch this. <laughs> it is, um, it is, it is vulgar. It is over the top. It is. It, it reminded me of um, Super Bad with two female leads. Okay. It's somewhat super badish. Um, um, oh, who's my girl from uh, Horror? Dilly Lord's in it. Um, Carrie Fisher's daughter. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, she she played uh, some big parts on um, American Horror Story the last few years. Oh, she is an absolute team stealer when she's in it. Just magnificent. Um, I would, if if you don't mind the raunchy comedy, mm-hmm. um, it, it actually has some deep themes. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's one of these movies you're laughing, you're suddenly you're like oh wow yeah you know you're suddenly kind of thinking it, it does get you thinking mm-hmm. um it, it uh it, it takes super bad it does have a lot of the sophomoric hijinks mm-hmm. but it also tackles things such as um uh i'm trying to think how to put this lbg lbgtq yeah those guys um you know it does have some themes of that characters uh she's a lesbian she's open about it but they do have some thematic things where you know things happen for her for the first time and you know that's more they they still present some things in very funny ways don't get me wrong but at the same time it does get a little deeper with that Mm -hmm. um i I would i would highly recommend it. it is god i laugh so hard and like I said, when Will Forte is on the screen for about his three total minutes, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, book smart, I, I definitely recommend it. You know, it's not going to pass in-game on... Um, you know, it's not, the, it's not the blockbuster of John Wick 3, but it was... It is a, it is a sleeper, just really, really, really funny movie. Well, I was going to say, is does that make this Wes's surprise hit of 2019? It might be. I mean, I was, I was absolutely dying in it. Well, um, from the very beginning to the end, I was dying. Um, there, is, there is another movie that they run. They actually run a Red Band trailer mm-hmm. 
for it um, before this comes on. And it's a movie that's coming out later in the year. It's called Good Boys. <laughs> oh. Have you seen a preview for that by any chance yet? No. Let me uh, let me okay. quickly pull this up here. Yeah, yeah. Good Boys. It is... Um, that's that's gonna be that's gonna be one of those that's gonna have you cringing, dying, laughing, and going, "Holy shit! I can't believe this is happening on a screen right now." Um, huh. I can't I can't wait for that one to come out. I'm I'm, I'm probably gonna die when that one comes out. Okay, that's a that's an interesting description of that movie. Our... Okay, I don't even know what the description is. It's just, I'm gonna die. I'll, I'll, I'll read it right now. Uh, the, right. This, the description, according to IMDb, for Good Boys. Uh, three sixth grade boys ditch school yes. and embark on an epic journey while carrying accidentally stolen drugs, being hunted by teenage girls, and trying to make their way home in time for a long awaited party. And Will Forte <laughs> is also in this one, so. Oh, thank God. So there he I, I, I just I need all the McGruber in my life. Apparently. <laughs> oh my god. I, uh, Jacob. Yeah, just watch, watch the Red Band trailer after we get off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is just like, holy shit, what is going on here? This is insanity. Um, well then. All right. Yeah. So uh, that's my watch for this weekend. Man. And watch Archer. Yeah. Always watch Archer. Yeah, uh, that's. I'll take over. Archer 1999 uh, opens in fantastic fashion. Um, very, very interesting. There are a lot of very nice moments in the in the show as usual, and there's that's still that that whip smart, uh, quick dialogue that they're known for. Um, there are a few jokes I feel like, and I even turned to Je- one name producer Jackie because she also uh, like me watched Firefly. Uh, and also really love that very short-lived series with the beloved Nathan Fillion. Um, and I, I was like, is is that a Firefly reference, you think? And she's like, yeah, that's that's yeah. got to be a Firefly reference. So that's a ho-ray, ho-ray. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of, there's also, I think, I'm pretty sure there's some Aliens references in there as well um, with um, Krieger. So that's that's good. Um, but just, yeah, just a lot of fun. Um, I'll be interested to see because I believe this is the last season. Um, I'm interested to see where how how we get back to the present if we get back to the present, uh, back where Archer was laying presumably dead in a swimming pool. So we'll see we'll see if we get back there. Um, my other story uh, or other show I've been watching. I've only made it through one episode of the series, and I think there's only six episodes total of this series um i don't know if there's going to be a season two yet is uh on amazon prime and it's called good omens um and it features uh martin sheen and david tennant david tennant who was um not killmonger uh killgrave on jessica jones he was the doctor on doctor who he was uh Barty Crouch, I think was his name, and Harry Potter. He's been in things. We we know who David Tennant is at this point for the most part. Um, he plays, a, yeah, exactly. He plays a uh, demon who befriends Martin Sheen's character at like the beginning of creation, who is an angel, and they form like this kind of partnership on Earth, and and they're they're sort of friends and. 
then comes about to modern times and it's like oh yeah hell is ready to uh start the apocalypse and start the final battle against heaven and heaven's like well i guess it's time we do the apocalypse then let's let's get ready to fight and these two this angel and this demon are like but 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 we like earth we 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 don't we don't want to see it be ripped apart in the apocalypse we we would really like to actually save these people these humans we have grown fond of after watching them for the last 2000 some years so they hatch a plan to stop the antichrist from basically coming into his own and starting the apocalypse so through one episode uh it's it's a lot of fun it's very fucking british um, it is. It is. It could not be more British if they they slapped the fucking Union Jack as a watermark on it. Um, but if you like, if you like Monty, could Pyth- be more British than if they lost on penalty. It's actually, actually true. Um, so if you like stuff like Monty Python and that sort of like I don't know, quirky is I guess sort of a word you could use for that kind of British humor. Um, if you like David Tennant. It's a no-brainer. He just fucking chews up the scenery in this one as as the demon that he is, um, and it's just it's very and it's uh, adapted from a Neil Gaiman book. Neil Gaiman, who has been a a somewhat prolific modern sci-fi author, um, this this was adapted from his book that he's been trying to get adapted into a a show of some kind for I think like twenty years. Um, has been getting good reviews. The first episode is great. I can't wait to watch the rest of it. On, uh, on Amazon Prime. So very, very big recommendation for Good Omens. Uh, very, very good show, that one. So uh, so that's that's my watch for. But uh, hey, speaking of some Good Omens, maybe maybe there's some in, in the world of wrestling that Wes Bradshaw can share with us as we, as we hit the So Elite Raw portion of the podcast Wes what what you got for us oh we've got some uh we've got some things that have happened this week uh some things we're getting forward to uh WWE uh those superstars have gotten on a plane and gone seas to uh, Saudi Arabia oh, for boy. the super showdown yay uh, it's being highlighted by you know two of the hottest young names in wrestling uh Goldberg versus The Undertaker <laughs> Oh, fifty uh, man battle royal. Uh, or on that again this year. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll get something as sweet as Titus O'Neil face planting under the ring again this year. Yes, uh, which was kind of the moment of last year. Um, you know, I mean, it'll be a fine show. Don't get me wrong. I'm not really clamoring to get to it and watch it myself. It'll it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, I mean, suddenly out of nowhere, this Undertaker Goldberg thing, I was like, wait, what? That's so weird. Okay, cool, sure. See, fry. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's kind of your WWE update this week. Um, on the AEW front, nothing really big AEW wise this week. Um, but John Moxley, the former Dean Ambrose, has uh, continued to make waves. Of course, made his debut about a little under two weeks ago at Double or Nothing. 
uh, coming out of the crowd and basically dropping everybody's ass, Omega Jericho, the referee. Um, we had spoken and stated that he was going to be making his debut in New Japan Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And he did in the process. He defeated Juice Robinson and won the North the NJPW New Japan Pro Wrestling United States Championship. Juice. So uh, Ambrose has immediately come in and made a big impact there. Um, has brought has got a got a belt walking out of New Japan. Um, for New Japan, they're having their big summer show, the Dominion show, coming up uh, actually on June the 9th. And Ambrose hasn't been, he's not being advertised as being booked on it, but you figure with him going and winning that title, kind of figure if he's over there, he's got to make an appearance there. Mm-hmm. So that'll be something definitely keep an eye on going forward. But, uh, you know, for Moxley, that's that's awesome, man. You know, he's coming in, he's making he's making huge waves since hitting hitting the ground running. Um, for, you know, AEW, New Japan, basically all these it has you know we've seen big stars leave wwe over the last few years and go on to the indies that's not new but what is new is to have someone who was at the level that was at to basically say yep i'm leaving wwe and i'm going out on my own you know cody Rhodes, runnels cody now you know as he has to go by uh, when he left, it was it was a big deal, but it wasn't that big of a deal to WWE mm-hmm. because he was at best a lower mid-card guy who has just exploded in popularity, obviously, since he's gotten onto the uh, independent scene. Uh, other guys have left and have found great independent success, but John Moxley is the first guy who really left near the main event scene. And has gone right into the independence and is making these huge waves. I guess you could kind of say Jericho did, but Jericho's such a different mm-hmm. animal because it's not like he, you know, Jericho's not a 24 7 active wrestler anymore. You know, Jericho left WWE and then appeared in New Japan, but it was months later and it was after touring with his band. With John Moxley, it's like, okay, he's on WWE TV this weekend. Two weeks later, holy shit, here he is at Double or Nothing. Three weeks later, now he's the NG, NJPW United States Champion. Um, he's one of the hottest guys in AEW. He's one of the hottest guys. He's he's maybe about to be the hottest name on the scene. And, uh, I mean, that's big, you know, because WWE usually doesn't lose their guys that they want. And Moxley is the he's the he's the different guy to that rule at mm-hmm. this point. And he has that big name recognition. As soon as people just realize, oh John Moxley's Dean Amber, okay. Um I think he has he has an opportunity to go places where a few guys have gone before just because of his run in WWE is now. You know, it's not CM Punk. Now CM Punk could have done this. Mm-hmm. But seeing Punk walked away and hasn't come back. Yeah. So for Punk, it's different. You know, Ryback was a guy who was a big name when he left, but he, even by the time he left, he was a lower mid-card guy. You know, he had been up in the main events, but he wasn't anymore. You know, Dean Ambrose, John Moxley was literally, I mean, part of the hottest act in WWE, you know, a week before he left because they were still running Shield shows. 
So to have a guy like that, I'm just guessing that right now that dude is and is basically calling his own shots as he goes, mm-hmm. which is a position that I mean that's what he wants able to you know have a hand of things like that. So you know he's getting it, and that's awesome, man. I mean that's exactly what you want to see. Is a guy that good in that business to be at a really, really phenomenal place right now. And the fact that it's not WWE, that only helps the rest of the wrestling world. So, but anyway, that's uh, that's pretty much um, Elite So Raw, So Elite Raw this week. Uh, next week, we'll, we'll see what we got. Well, next week, next week will be a phone in. So we'll see what we got. Gotcha. There you go. Alrighty. Well, that will pretty much then do it for episode 265 oh, of... Oh, are, are, are we going to do our uh, super, uh, regional preview here in our I was, anything else? I was, I was going to let you do that in your anything else. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll definitely edit this part out to make awesome. us look okay, more ready? And three, two, one. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, well, let's continue on super normally with the end of this podcast. Uh, That's episode 265. (laughs) We're so stupid of the AFA pod. Um, Thanks again to our presenters, including NGSC Sports, Alicia's Pillows and Things, as well as the Ultimate Sports Channel. You can find all of them on the internet uh, under their pseudonyms, as well as us on Twitter. We go by at AFA pod for our collection. Uh, Wes, you are... I'm at West Fragile 21. I am at Edward Green. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our parent show, The All New Sports Show. You can email us at that address, allnewsportsshow at gmail.com. Thanks to our podcast providers, including podbean.com, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Play Music, and the iTunes Music Store. Um, podcasts can also be found on YouTube as well, so go check that out. Um, so that'll do it. Uh, as Wes mentioned... I think, unless I edited it out. Um, the next week will be uh, Wes will be joining us from Parts Unknown uh, for for I guess England Corner maybe. <laughs> we'll we'll see what that'll be yeah, next. We'll figure it out. You, I'll be joining you for my vehicle. On the- <laughs> there you go. We'll we'll have something to talk about for sure. Um, he will definitely be talking about at least one England match. Maybe if we're lucky, we'll get two. Um, so we'll be, we'll be checking that out. Um, and I'll be of course, keeping you guys up to date on any transfers that happen as well as recapping the nation's league finals and the first week of play from the women's world cup. But that is for next week. Uh, that'll do it for this episode of the podcast. But before we get out of here, Wes, is there anything? No, wait, let me, I have the better one. Wes, you look like you have something to say. Do you? I'm good. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, folks, no. I promised it to you, and I haven't brought. It. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna give you a little college baseball yeah. super regional preview. We're doing this for one reason and one reason only, and that's because East Carolina's still alive. And if they weren't, <laughs> it'd be dead to me. So until the World Series started, I just had needed something to watch on TV. Um, <sighs> but uh, and of course, uh, NCAA baseball is one of our things that we really enjoy um you know it's not one of those uh 
you know, major TV sports until the World Series comes on. But, you know, we enjoy it. We keep up with it. Uh, your Virginia Cavaliers have mm-hmm. won it in in the recent, very recently, the last few years. They mm-hmm. have been champions. Um, my East Carolina Pirates have yet to actually make it to Omaha. Mm-hmm. But, Ed, we could, this could be our best chance to do it. It's closing. Um, other than that, there are just, there are just some strong super regionals. And, um, take a quick look at them and you definitely pop in with your thoughts as well sure. uh the los angeles super regional looks like probably the biggest mismatch of them all uh number one overall seed number one team in the country ucla taking on michigan uh, michigan surprise winners of the corvallis region that was with uh oregon state hey who, you know we're gonna say one of two teams that just had substantial falls from their earlier season. I, I, I will say this uh, real quick, since you did mention uh, East Carolina and your ties, there is an East Carolina tie in Michigan, by the way. Um, oh, what's the Michigan tie? Current head coach of the Michigan Wolverines is former East Carolina, uh, I believe, third baseman uh, Eric Backich from back. Shut up, Backich is the coach of the. Package is the coach of Michigan. Unless something yeah. has changed, and I'm going to look up really quick, because if this is wrong, I'm going to feel really stupid. Let me uh, let me look this. I actually watched a lot of the Michigan game the other night. Let's, watching on TV. So. Let's look. You can keep going. I'm going to look this up just to make oh, sure. I'm uh, there's made. another little East Carolina connection here. East Carolina actually went to Los Angeles early this year and played three against UCLA when they were number one in the country. Uh, UCLA beat them in all three. They were all three tight baseball games, though. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just some. Really? Uh, there's your little East Carolina. I, I will mention, tonight. yes. Uh, sorry, uh, Backich is still the coach. Uh, uh-huh. Nick Schnabel is one of his assistants. Okay. Who also went to East Carolina. Right. Uh, right. Back in, I don't remember when he went to East Carolina. But yeah. Back in the day. Yes. Back in the day, that was definitely pre Clark Leclerc Stadium, I believe. Yeah. Oh. Oh. He was there at the same time uh, Eric was in in the '99 and 2000 seasons. Yeah, so, yeah. late '90s. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's move on. Uh, UCLA big favorites in that one. Yes. Uh, love Super regional. This is going to be a good one. This is this is the number eight versus the number nine mm-hmm. national seeds. Texas Tech and Oklahoma State. That's big. Two teams from the same conference. That is going to be absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, the, these two, uh, the Big 12 regular season champ was Texas Tech. Oklahoma State was the tournament champs. Red Raiders, Texas Tech actually swept the head-to-head series in April. Mm. So, you know, uh, Oklahoma State's got some revenge on their mind. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be a good one. Texas Tech is your favorite in it. But, you know, you put those two together, that's going to be something. Um, another conference versus conference, Fayetteville Super Regional. We're not talking about Fayetteville, North Carolina. No, no, no. Uh, not Fayetteville State. Here. You can take us uh, back to this Fayetteville if you want to. Buddy. Yeah, we'll go to this Fayetteville. Fayetteville. <laughs> I'm good. Uh, Fayetteville Super Regional, Fayetteville, Arkansas. The Razorbacks of Arkansas versus Ole Miss. The Arkansas Razorbacks. Um, the runner-up a season ago were literally a strike away from winning the World Series a season ago. Yeah. Weren't able to finish it off. Um, it has been four years since the national runner-up made it back to the World Series. That was uh, Virginia in 2015. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, lost to Vanderbilt and then 2015 came and won the whole shebang. 
Um, Arkansas has a chance to do it. Um, they absolutely blistered through their regional. So they're looking good right now. Uh, Ole Miss, though, at the same time, they blitzed through their regional. Both teams are really killing the ball. Um, Ole Miss has reached the College World Series uh, in 2014 was the last time they got there. Uh, and I just – I think, you know, Arkansas is the favorite – but I think this is a really, really, really – this could be the best series of them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ole Miss and um, Arkansas. This, this, this should be fantastic. So, you know, get to watch that one. Uh, kind of a surprise in the next Super Regional. Uh, obviously, LSU is there. And, you know, not surprising to see Florida State yeah. there. But this season, it's surprising to see Florida State because they were – yeah, but they kicked the shit out of Georgia twice yeah. in Athens. Yeah, that really disappointed me, obviously. But um, they are there. Um, oh my goodness, Mike Martin. Mike yeah, Martin. Uh, this is he has announced. Everybody's known his last season at Florida State. Uh, Mike Martin is like, well, he was basically the Jurgen Klopp of college baseball. Yeah. You know, he can always get there and never win it. I think, God, how many times have they been in the World Series and not won it? A lot. Oh, here we go. Okay, uh, Florida State has made 17 Super Regionals in 21 years under the, ter- the current form. So, um, and then, obviously, multiple, multiple trips to the College World Series, but mm-hmm. won it. Um, also, they have never gone on the road and won a Super Regional. Wow. So, uh, and they're going to Alice Box Stadium. That's one of the toughest places in the country to play. So, LSU is definitely your favorite there. Uh, Nashville Super Regional. Everybody expected Vanderbilt to be there. Vanderbilt seed <laughs> in the tournament. And they are playing the first of our three North Carolina teams in that hmm? Duke Blue Devils. It's the uh, SAT so, Super Regional. It is. Oh, my God. I mean, there is going to be so many smart kids on this field. I mean, it's crazy. the the IQ The IQ is definitely outweigh the uh, batting averages. You know, these are two good teams at Vanderbilt's elite. They're fantastic. Um, they have one of the best lineups in the country by far. Um, Duke was the three seed in the Morgantown Regional, which you know you're thinking, wait, West Virginia baseball? Hello. Um, but they beat West Virginia and Texas A and M. To close out that regional as the, like I said, as the three seed coming out of the regional, that's big time, man. That is freaking big time for Duke. Uh, and Duke is one of those programs, man. They're, they're so moving in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we, we, we got to see that some more this year. And, you know, congratulations to the Blue Devils. I think it's probably going to end here. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's been a fantastic uh, run here for Duke. Uh, next one up, this is the one that uh, the eyes of West Bradshaw will gaze upon longingly, the Louisville Super Regional. We kick it off at noon on Friday, Louisville and East Carolina. East Carolina were favorites to win their regional in Greenville. So what did we do? We went and lost to Quinnipiac in the first game. <laughs> uh, put ourselves behind a massive eight ball. And then came out and won four games in two days and absolutely ripped the freaking cover off the baseball. Um, the, the top of our lineup, uh, all good, strong North Carolina kids here when we start going down at uh, Bryant Packard, uh, Turner Brown, Alec Burleson, Jake Washer, Spencer Brickhouse. 
Those are all good North Carolina kids. They have just been tearing the ball up. Jake Washer had four bombs in the regional. Um, Brian Packard is a Greenville kid, a DH Conley product. Um, just he's one of the best leadoff hitters in the country. Alec Burleson's a two-way star. Spencer Brickhouse is a freaking monster of a human being. <laughs> I mean, he is a huge first baseman. He can rip. And Jake Washer, we call him the power washer. Because yeah. <laughs> um like I said, just absolutely tearing the ball off the co- tearing the cover off the ball in the regional. Uh East Carolina has two really good starting pitchers. Jake Agnos just got drafted by the Yankees in the eighth round. Um Cooch Monter. Cooch yeah, Cooch. I call him Cooch. Uh, as our number two. Yeah, really good, really good. Um they've got some power arms out of the bullpen. And then you've got uh, we mentioned Alec Burleson. He's he's a really good two way player. Uh, he can come in and pitch. East Carolina's got a hell of a chance. Also, suspension. We talked about this for a minute. Uh, Louisville's All American closer, a hundred kid who basically throws like one hundred two, got ejected during the Louisville regional. Was suspended for four games. That suspension runs out after game two of the Super Regional. Yeah. So East Carolina had go up there with a where Louisville's missing a huge piece of their staff. And if East Carolina can go get game one and game two and book our first ever trip to Louisville. Oh my goodness. You mean Omaha? Omaha, yeah. <laughs> well, it was our first ever trip to Louisville. That's true, yeah. Yeah, yeah we already booked that one, but if East Carolina can book a trip, edit that one out. In three, <laughs> yeah, sure. two, one, here we go. Uh, <laughs> I can get that trip booked to Omaha. Oh my God! Yeah, well, yeah, you know, here in, in, and of course, Carolina fan, which you're not, mm-hmm. uh, you do know what it would mean for East Carolina oh, yeah. to get there. Um, the long-standing promise of and to um, our legendary coach Keith Leclaire. Sure. Yeah, that was that was the dream was Omaha, and uh, we've been close. We've been close multiple occasions. Have never been able to get. Um. This is one of the best East Carolina baseball teams I've put my eyes on. Very good. Um, I think we're going to believe. I think we're going to get it. And I will openly weep when uh, Cliff Godwin wears the number 23 hmm? to Omaha. So it's going to be amazing. Going to be amazing. Anyway, uh, let's keep going. Start will come more regional. Start will. This should be an interesting one. Mississippi State versus Stanford. Yeah. And maybe not your traditionally great Stanford team, but Stanford's still very good. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have a good ace in Brendan Beck. Um, that, that's an interesting one. Uh, if, if Stanford can survive the uh, the atmosphere of Mississippi State, they've got a they've got a chance. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens there. I am. This is one you might have a you might have a. Little, Something to say about it. Uh, Chapel Hill Super Regional, North Carolina versus Auburn's our third team out of the state of North Carolina. Yeah. Um, the Tar Heels, I mean, they blasted their way through their regional. Yeah. They kicked ass. It was not They kicked ass. So, uh, you know, good, good of them. Um, um, Michael Bush was a first rounder for the Tar Heels. Uh, he, he's been he's fantastic. Uh, Aaron Sabato, uh, ACC freshman of the year, first team All American. Um, you know he's he's had a magnificent season. 
they take on an Auburn team that's still in Georgia Tech mm-hmm. uh, and literally had a, you know, in, in the first game of that regional, well, no, not in that one, um, with their second game when they played Georgia Tech the first time, hit a walk-off grand slam. Wow. To uh, to win that game and put Georgia Tech behind the eight ball. Uh, North Carolina has a very good opportunity here. I think they, they didn't really want a piece of Georgia Tech again, I don't think. But Auburn, they're like, okay, okay, we're, we're looking good. And also, hey, now that I get it in Chapel Hill instead of having to go to a So, um, you know, out of it, my, my predictions, I think you're going to see UCLA. I'm going to take Texas Tech. Could have take Ole Miss to beat Arkansas. I've just got some feeling there. LSU over Florida State, Vanderbilt over Duke, East Carolina over Louisville. Uh, I'm going to take Stanford to knock off Mississippi State, and I'm going to take Carolina over Auburn. So, man, two North, potentially two North Carolina teams, if my predictions go right. You're going to have two North Carolina teams in the here. Um, and, my God, if Carolina and East Carolina draw each other at the college. Jesus. Buddy, I mean, you talk about two fan bases that don't like each other. Um, Except during basketball season when a lot of these characters. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a bad joke that runs around this part of the state. You don't have to deal with us there. Um, if East Carolina and Carolina play College World Series, you want to talk about the bragging rights <laughs> running yeah. down off of that one? You want to talk about just, like I said, two baseball fan bases, baseball and football fan bases, that truly despise each other. That would be something to see those two show off in Omaha, especially when they beat that ass. Um, well, let me let me tell you this. Um, just just judging by how I'm looking at this bracket right now, uh-huh. so I haven't looked at the actual bracket. So. It is it is possible that East Carolina versus North Carolina, if they both advance to Omaha, could be. What looks like either a winner's bracket final or first loser's bracket elimination game, potentially. Oh, so that there is, they would be on the same side of the the final eight of Omaha. They'd be in that they're the same fourteen pod. I don't believe they would play each other in the opener. East Carolina. It looks like <laughs> actually all three North Carolina teams would be in the same pod. It looks like. Oh wow. And it would be if they both advanced. If somehow Duke beat Vanderbilt, Duke versus East Carolina would actually be the first game. That'd be interesting. Spicy. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really looking forward to having to go to Omaha. But at this point, just get my ass to Omaha and we'll, we'll go from there. <laughs> just get me there so we can say we've been there and we'll go from there. Yep, so there's your uh, there's your college baseball preview. We're down to Sweet 16 Super Regionals. Um, if you flip it on, it is a great weekend to watch some baseball. And super regionals are usually really good. So. Damn. Yep. Damn, son. Damn. Damn, son. Well, Damn. there you go. That is that is going to do it for this edition of the Foreign Fair Podcast. So, from my calling crime, Wes Bradshaw, I am Edward Green. Thank you so much for joining us here. We will catch you guys next week in asynchronous fashion until next time stay safe and enjoy the football and baseball folks it is officially at this moment
officially the 75th anniversary of D-Day. You know, big thanks to big thanks to those guys who stormed the beaches 75 years ago, jumped out of the airplanes, did everything to free the world from tyranny. Because Hitler can kiss all of our asses. Yeah, fuck Nazis. Fuck you, Hitler. Do you guys say goodnight to anybody or? Oh, uh, good night, Normandy. <laughs> or good morning at this point. What? We'll edit that. Don't worry. Thank you. <laughs> and three, two, one. <laughs> We're done. Yeah. We're done. Oh. Sponsored by Alicia's Pillows and Things. Check out the Facebook page, Alicia's Pillows and Things, where you will find home decor you will not be able to resist at prices anybody can afford. Check out the pillows and stools of your favorite sports teams. Maybe you want a set of your kid's favorite cartoon or movie character. You can also get full body and neck pillows as well. Log on to NGSCSports.com and go to the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage to complete your order. It makes a great gift for Christmas at an affordable price. NGSC Sports. We never stop. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. 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 We never.